When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Who Stats Podcast Network. I'm Freedom Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. We've got a lot to get into today. The WNBA lottery was just this weekend. We're going to get through some game recaps in college women's basketball, as well as some games to watch at the end of the pod. Cal, you ready? Ready as always. Let's get into it. All right. So our headline of the week is the WNBA lottery. The results are in. The top four picks are in with their respective teams. At number four, the Seattle Storm won that pick. Number three pick is going to the Phoenix Mercury. The number two pick is going to the LA Sparks. And Indiana gets the number one pick for the second year in a row. Obviously drafted Aaliyah Boston last year. We saw how successful that was for them. This feels super exciting that they get another number one pick. Cal and I are going to go through each team and kind of maybe talk about our predictions about who they might draft um, and just talk about their direction overall and what better place to start than the Indiana Fever, who, like I said, have the number one pick. And I think it's pretty safe to say that they're probably going to go with the one and only uh, Caitlin Clark. Uh, Cal, do you agree with that? (laughs) I do. Obviously, that's a cool picture, by the way, that you found. of. I know, right? It's super cool. Um, Yeah, I, I... It's got to be Caitlin. I think there's not really any debate. Uh, just like last year, number one pick's pretty easy. I'm so interested to see, you know, obviously Caitlin Clark and Leah Boston playing together. Let's just jump ahead, you know, and, and look at that. But also how the Fever build this team around them the next few years, because it's really, really important while they have those two on their rookie deals to build a winner, I think. 
that that the fever like the time you get those two and the time is now to start getting your team back into the playoffs and, and back on a trajectory towards contention and the last time that we saw a team pick number one overall twice in a row was actually three times in a row is the aces and they turned that into into a dynasty so i'm not saying the fever are necessarily going to do that but if they're set up if, if they play their cards right yeah they're in a good spot um yeah i'm already excited thinking about that Aaliyah, um and caitlin pairing so i'm i'm super interested to see it's also been interesting to see like all the fever players just being like okay now i can at caitlin and be like hey what's up i think it was like erica wheeler who did that um if i'm not mistaken i can't remember who it was but it's also going to be interesting to see who stays on this roster as well, too. Because, like, all the Fever players can be like, oh, I'm so excited. But in the offseason and then after, like, what depending on what happens with the draft, like, do you see maybe a, a little bit of a roster shakeup in terms of, like, not wanting to be too guard heavy? Or, like, maybe they look to acquire some other pieces, like you said, to build around Aaliyah and probably Caitlin. Uh, moving forward, do you see some kind of movement in the Indiana Fever's roster? Yeah, I think there could be a little bit. I mean, I I don't think the roster is going to look exactly like what it does today, obviously, and and it will be very interesting to see what their free agency looks like coming up in in a month or two here. But uh, I mean, it, it's cool to see them having fun with it, like you said. Um, yeah. And, like I, people are talking about, like obviously with Caitlyn in the next few that we're getting into, like other than uh, I think there's one that we're going to talk about. I'll, I'll dangle it, but that that doesn't have her COVID year left. I think uh, the rest of them do. So there's always that chance that some of them stay. I I don't think Caitlyn's probably going to stay, but it wouldn't shock me if any of these players that we mention. Uh, we're going to talk about I think five players. It, it wouldn't shock me at all if at least one of them ends up not being in this draft. So just as, as like a disclaimer to our, our picks here, like this, I, at least for me, like that when we go through our next picks here, assuming everyone comes out, which I'm not sure is a safe assumption. Yeah. Um, that's going to be very, very interesting to see. Um, so yeah, that's number one, Indiana fever, Caitlin Clark. How funny would it be if she was just like, let me take my extra year and mess everybody up. That'd be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, like I feel like she's that. probably the least likely to do it, but you never that know. Would be, imagine she just woke up one day. She's like, uh, I just feel like stirring like, things up a little bit. I love bit. Iowa. You know? I, yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to pick number two, the LA Sparks. Um, obviously, it's been like a weird couple of years i would say for them with them trying to figure out their direction but we saw a lot of fun things um with the sparks this year whether that was like jordan canada having a fantastic year like obviously neca still playing at a good level they struggled with a lot of injuries this past year i'm excited for lexi brown to hit the court again soon whenever she feels good enough but who do you think the LA Sparks are going to pick with that number two pick because there are some interesting players that they could go in a direction with. Yeah, I think it it's going to come down to Paige Beckers versus Cameron Brink here, and and I could see one or two others maybe working their way into that conversation that that we'll talk about. But to me, I'm still going with Paige Beckers. I understand like she's had some injury concerns over her career. Obviously, she's. Looked very good this year uh, and very healthy, knock on wood. But I, I I think the talent outweighs those. 
And I, I think, uh, like, and I'm going to talk about that with someone else too. In, in today, modern medicine, it's, it's a marvel. <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about that. I, the, the injury stuff doesn't, you know, this young in someone's career doesn't really scare me off too much in terms of passing up on their pure talent. And that's what Paige Beckers is. Obviously Cameron Brink is too, but Paige Beckers is, is someone who can, but we saw her freshman year, what she could do. And we're starting to see that again in, in what hopefully becomes her first fully healthy season since then. On the defensive end, we're going to talk about the defensive end with her a little bit more later. On the defensive end as well, I don't think she gets enough credit for. But obviously, shooting the ball and scoring and, and distributing, which she hasn't done as much this year because of Nika Mule. But she can really fill a lot of different roles uh, in your backcourt. And I think that's going to be big. So, so I would take her. Yeah. And I think on the injury front too, um, we've seen a lot of high picks come in with injuries and end up, you know, being fine and being important pieces. Like whether that was like Chelsea Plum or Chelsea Gray or like Sabrina Inescu, like there's a lot of players that have gone very high in the draft that have struggled with injuries. And ultimately like you still need to go talent um over anything else because like you said there's different factors modern medicine so some things just take time i think also the la sparks like even let's say they draft her like it's not guaranteed that it's going to be like instantly successful like there's a lot of different moves that may need to happen um and just like it takes time to gel we saw that with the new york liberty where they had all these new pieces like time is such a big factor um and i think like we're all hoping that Paige has like a fully healthy year because then that's another thing where it's going to be a lot of times for her to just kind of get more comfortable um, in, pre- in preparation for the draft. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not really worried about, you know, her future. I'm very excited for all. I'm really excited for all of these players to become professionals. I'm yeah. like, I, I'm very, very like, I, I love the W. And so I, like we saw, like, I think like with Aaliyah Boston to go back to her again, like, there were a lot of expectations and just seeing her surpass those with the Indiana fever last year was so cool. Um, so I'm super excited for this draft class too. Yeah. So um, I've, so would you take Paige over Cameron Brink number two? I'm it's so, it's so depends for me, like how the rest of the sparks roster shakes out. Cause like, you know, they have, you know, obviously like NECA and um, they got Azrae this year and, uh, with Cam Brink, like, I think she brings so much as well, too. Like, if I were a team, I would be, like, scrambling to pick her up. Um, it's also, like, who is maybe aging out? Like, how many years um, is NECA going to still play and things like that? Like, there's also the factor of, like, taking a young player in and, like, kind of training them for the next level. So, like, thinking of, like, when Candace Parker was on the Sparks with, like, Lisa Leslie, like, that, that those kind of vibes. Um, I'm lucky. I'm just happy I'm not a GM because this is obviously actually, like, a very hard decision. I see, like, on some days I would lean Cam, and then on other days I'm like, oh, Paige is, like, a really great pick, too. So I don't know. Don't ask me that, Cal. <laughs> I'm not a GM. I'm copying out. I put you I'll on say, the spot a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I'm doing a cop out. Um, yeah, it's okay. Out. I, I cop out every week on this show, so you you get one it's of those. It's my two. turn. It's my turn. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think. Okay, here's my take. I think you can't go wrong with either of them. There's my take. 
that's the correct take. Out. That's a cop out, but that is the correct take. I to, <laughs> like <laughs> to what you said about like you know looking at the roster. I mean, on one hand, like any coach, I think will tell you, and this is correct that you should when you're this high in the draft you should go with best player available most talent doesn't doesn't really matter if they fit or what their position and you start worrying about that when you get into the second round whatever but at the same time that could at least break a tie if you really 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 just feel like two players are there there's just no separation and what do you do the very least that could break a tie but even if you're breaking a tie then it's like you said do you go with the player who can you know you have a lot of players in that position for them to learn from or you're thin at that position and you need it i guess it depends on what your kind of timeline is so it's going to be an interesting decision to follow for sure absolutely um but speaking of camp rank let's go to pick number three with the phoenix mercury um they are in an interesting position i would say um I'm not really sure like how many years diana tarazi has left and maybe that's something where they kind of think like, oh, is that where maybe they drop Paige instead if the Sparks end up going with Cam? Not sure. Um, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on a potential Cameron Brink fit with the Phoenix Mercury, you know, especially with BG being there and all of that. Um, and maybe just kind of like the future of the Phoenix Mercury, if we have like a sense of where they're headed, because obviously they didn't have the best year last year. Yeah, uh, the last couple of years, really. And it- yeah. To what you said, yes. If if the Sparks draft Cameron Brink, the Mercury pick, I think get, gets pretty easy to take Page. But for me, like I, I've I I had Page second, so I got Brink third. I uh, I think she fits fine, to be honest with with Brittany Griner. I mean, we've seen uh, some stretches where like Bree Turner fits fine with Brittany Griner. You know, it's not like that won them a championship or anything, but. They got pretty close, actually, with that front court a few years ago uh, when the Sky beat them in the finals. So, and, and Cam Brink is, if, if Bree Turner works, Cam Brink's going to work. You know, that yeah. that doesn't that doesn't concern me in terms of like, oh, you have two shot blockers or whatever. What are you going to do? Like, uh, Bree Turner is, is just a, a pure defensive rebounding big. And Cam Brink, obviously been working on her shot. Uh, Free throws, she has come so far in her career, which I don't think it's talked about enough. She went from your typical like center who can't shoot free throws to making, what was it, 60 in a row or something like that. Um, I have no doubt that she's going to be a good three-point shooter at some point in her WNBA career. And to what you said about Dana Tarasi, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like she's got probably about as many years left as Caitlin Clark does, to be honest. But <laughs> uh, like... On the other hand, uh, whether she sh- she probably shouldn't. So, uh, I Paige Beckers would probably help them more right away if they're going for that. But w- with the you know new owner, new GM, new coach, like uh, who knows what they're going for right away? So, I yeah. Well, I think so I'm sorry, but can we talk. can we talk about the girl dad stuff with Phoenix and why that is continuing to be a yeah. thing? Like bringing his daughter. <laughs> at the at the lottery like i you're not watching youtube i'm I'm thumbs downing while cream is talking yeah i just i find it to be very odd um i don't really understand why that was a thing with like hiring the head coach and also i guess we didn't really talk about this but christy talver 
is also going to be on the coaching staff for the Phoenix Mercury, um, which I think is great. Um, it's kind of sad that she's had to like kind of end her career a little bit quieter like that with the injuries and all that. But that is something good for the Phoenix Mercury that I did want to add before maybe going too hard down on them. But that'll that'll be an interesting uh, environment next year. I will say that. It could go a lot of different ways. Put it that way. <laughs> good. Christy think? Tolliver, I think, will go only one way, and that is great. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, all the other stuff could go a number of different ways. Yeah. Um, so we'll leave it at that with the Phoenix Mercury. Let's go to pick number four with the Seattle Storm. Um, what do you have going at number four, Cal? So this is another one uh, like the number two pick where I think there's a couple players you could look at. The end of the day, I'm the same thing I said about Paige Beckers. Like I'm, I'm going with the talent over the injury concerns, and so I'm going with Rakia Jackson. I know she's hurt right now; uh, she only played two games this year, and who knows when we see her back. But to me, just her versatility and just what she brings on both ends, the the different like she can guard multiple positions. I think she's just going to be a great fit in the league, uh, and her game really translates to the pro level. So. That's that's who I would take, but we have to mention Camila Cardoso here too. I think someone who's been rising up draft boards fast, someone who I would give a long, hard look at if I have this pick, uh, and and someone who I mean, this is another one like you said. I don't know if you can really go wrong. I don't think is necessarily the wrong pick to take her in the lottery, but I'm going with Rikia if I if I'm the GM. Yeah, I like those two picks. Um, obviously, want Rukia to be back healthy. I think I'm not sure what the latest update is on her, but I think she's like ramping up slowly, um, just based on Cora's reporting. So hopefully, we get to see her back soon. There's been a lot of injuries in college basketball this season so far. So I feel many, like, especially it. in the last couple of days too. Like it's been awful to see. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that players just stay healthy and recover quickly um but yeah no even with the camila cardoso like it's been cool to see her now that she has a bigger role this year um like we talked about before with Aaliyah being gone just to see her kind of blossom and be uh one of the leaders on this team has been super cool to see like she's gonna be a good pro as well um who is it i don't know who has a number five pick off the top of my head but i assume she'll probably she would probably go pretty high in the draft as well too yeah is it the sky it might be. I haven't memorized or no, the whole thing. No, Sky don't have their own pick, do they? Yeah, I should have looked that up before too. The, um, the Sky yeah, no, I was just thinking about that right now. But you're right. Uh, I don't. I don't remember either. It might be the all wings. I, know, I think all the wings I know is that New York. Pick. New York has the 11th pick. <laughs> That's what I know because of my little New York bias. That's the one I paid attention to. But um, <laughs> anyway, lots of tangent. But yeah, no, these are so these five players that we kind of talked about: Caitlin, Paige. Pam, Rukia, and Camila Cardoso, um, I think are all really good picks to go high in the draft. I'm really excited to see all of their pro careers and also the rest of their college careers, of course, because we are very much not uh, done that. Um, it'll be interesting to see which of their teams in college goes the farthest in March Madness and how quickly the turnaround is, because I think the draft is set for April 15th next year which is always like as always very close to um the ncaa championships weekend um 
So yeah, we'll it's see. We'll crazy. see which of their teams. Yeah. Yeah. The it, the turnaround that some of these players have in in most of the players we mentioned are on teams that are probably going to make a pretty deep run. So exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, but yeah, those are our picks for w, WNBA lottery results. Let us know if you hate our picks, if you have other players you wish that will go that high. If you agree with our picks, uh, feel free to tell I us. I love when you smart. invite the haters. Of course, I have to. Um, haters are welcome here. Comments sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're okay. We can take it uh we're not we're not gms so it's all fun games here. <laughs> but we just like to talk but uh and hopefully provide some good analysis but yeah those are those are our picks some of the players that we're thinking about that are probably gonna be in the top five of the WNBA draft um the top four picks are out all the picks are out um and so yeah coming up next we're gonna go back to college we're gonna coast through college and do some game recaps from the weekend all right, so we had the Basketball Hall of Fame Women's Showcase Series on Sunday, December 10. We previewed these three matchups on last week's podcast, um, but we're going to go through each one. UCLA defeated Florida State, South Carolina defeated Utah, and UConn defeated North Carolina. Um, let's start with the first one, UCLA versus um, FSU. Uh, yeah, FSU. I kind of took this one, and no shade to FSU, but I'm just going to extract UCLA from this matchup, and then I'm going to extract South Carolina and place forward the question, which contender between these two would you have in front right now and why? Because it feels like, at least to me, when I'm watching UCLA and South Carolina, no matter who they're facing, these two teams seem to be the one that are like, most, most similar in versatility, most like able to close out and execute down the stretch, and they seem to be the more dominant teams right now. So, Cal, which of them would you have in front right now, and why? They are, and I would have South Carolina, but you know we made it as of right now exactly twenty minutes in zero seconds without bringing up Mark Schindler. But here we are. Got to bring up Mark <laughs> Schindler. Mark has been saying this for a while, that these are his top two teams. And when he first brought it up, my thought was yes, but not in the same category. It's South Carolina, and then there's a gap, and then there's UCLA for me. But I got to give Mark credit. UCLA is getting closer and closer to me. I think Mark might be right. I still have South Carolina in front, but that gap is shrinking. Every time I watch UCLA, I, I realize more and more how dominant this team is. And Boy, I'd love to see him play each other with Lauren Betts and Camilla Cardoso. How fun would that matchup be? Right. I, when you, at the end of the day, though, I, I need to see it, and I would need to see UCLA win that matchup before I change my opinion on who's the top team because I don't see really what you – as much as UCLA has, what do they have that South Carolina doesn't, doesn't have? South Carolina elite defense, as always, under Don Staley. They have this elite post presence on both sides of the floor. And unlike last year, they have shooting now. Dina Pow Pow or even Johnson has turned herself into a shooter, which we should probably talk about on this pod. Good for her. You know, as I love <laughs> to say. Not the good for her. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I need to come up with a new phrase. Or no, honestly, it's good. It always like, gets she's you. Shooting, always... She's distributing. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot yeah. of good stuff going on. This is this is uh, we have to give her credit because Last year, she didn't shoot very well, obviously. Iowa took advantage of that. 
And that whole video went viral. And I I guarded her correctly. Like, there's no way around it. You know, that's how you should have guarded her last year. But that's not how you can guard her this year. She took that. And instead of, you know, like taking it all personal and being all upset about it, she said, I'm going to go in the gym. I'm going to make myself a better shooter. So people can't do that to me next year. And she did it. And now she's a good shooter. And that's that's the correct response. If if you have a weakness in your game, go work on it, fix it. And that's what she did. So amazing for Raven Johnson. I love, I love to see her knocking down shots this year. I also think that people forget that like players develop, especially like when you're in college. Yeah, like, you have so much yeah. time. Like it's not out of the question. Um, yeah, even even when you enter the professional leagues, like there's always room to grow. And this is my philosophy in life too. Um, to get all philosophical for a second, but you can always grow. You can always improve. Um, and this is a great time to do it. So yeah, no, it's been super cool. I think I would agree with you that I would have South Carolina ahead of UCLA. Um, I also wanted to say, I know it took us 20 minutes to mention him. But like, if I've been in his house the whole time, does it just count as like an automatic? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, shout out Mark Schindler, yeah, very smart basketball mind. Yeah, it does. Uh, let's move on to South Carolina versus Utah because let's talk about Utah for a second. We kind of talked about her, I think it was last week or the week before. Alyssa Peely had a very dominant performance putting up a 40 piece against South Carolina's defense. How did the Gamecocks overcome her performance? And what did you kind of take away from her in this matchup against South Carolina? Yeah. I don't want to be that guy who like looks at a, a game and, and only focuses on the team that lost. Cause at the end of the day, South Carolina was the better team. South Carolina won yeah. the game. It is a roll of credit, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I was so impressed with Utah, especially Elizabeth Peely, for, for them to be without their second best player on a neutral court against the best team in the country in that defense to go play the way they did and be within single digits, I think really spoke volumes that this team isn't going anywhere without Gianna Neepkins. This team is for real. And Elizabeth Peely, to me, she defies logic because that frame and that height is not supposed to work out the way it does for a basketball player in, in today in like, especially, you know, in the low post when you're, what is she giving up six inches on Cardoso or something like that? But yeah. the, I think one thing that maybe kind of gets overlooked sometime when we talk about basketball skills and, and different people's strengths and weaknesses and skill sets and things like that. The number one, by far most important skill that a basketball player can have is being good at putting the ball in the hoop like that's just yes. the goal of the game <laughs> and it's not just shooting it's not just being a good shooter Peely obviously can shoot too but just finding a way to get the ball into the basket however you do that whether it looks pretty or ugly whether it's orthodox or unorthodox she is so good at that and you can talk about athleticism and passing and rebounding and all these other skills but at the end of the day if you know how to put the ball into the hoop you are going to be an elite basketball player. And Alyssa Peely just finds ways to do that. She's got Cardoso on her, and she's has these spin moves and all, all this footwork to get around her and, and, and neutralize her shot block and go to the other side of the rim. And, and then she steps out and hits threes, you know? And so it's just she's a fun player to watch, and I think she's going to be, uh, you know, all season just carrying Utah. Utah Utah's a great team, and 
that I don't think they're going away just because they lost Neepkins. Like you said, injury. Hate to see it. I hate that injury, but Utah's sticking around. I haven't like that basketball philosophy. I've literally been talking about this for years because it is so true. And like you said, it is so underrated to just like appreciate players who will do anything to get the ball in the basket. Like that is such an important part. Those are the leaders that drive a team. Like that is the anchor of a team. And like, not like it's been a while since I've compared it to the Raptors, but like, it's very much like compared to like Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors in 2019, where like he was that person that no matter what could get the ball in the basket and just adjust to what the defenses were throwing at him. And just being that versatile as a basketball player is so important. So I'm so glad you said that. Um, I was like, for the YouTube people, I wanted to like, just like do this with my hands. Um, they like praising Cal. Cause like, yes, like that's absolutely, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Um, and I love that you said that, but yeah, incredible performance from her. Obviously, unfortunate they lost against South Carolina, but if you're going to play a really great game and be super competitive against a team, it's going to be like, you're going to be happy that it's against South Carolina. Um, cause they, they really balled out. All right. The last one, UConn defeats North Carolina. Did you have any takeaways from their win and maybe them trying to get a little bit back on track? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Paige Becker's defense and Paige Becker's was, I think, the story on both sides of the floor. Obviously, she scored, what was it, 26 points or something like that. Uh, you know, they were calling her on the broadcast vintage Paige, which I, it, in some respects feels a little funny to me because she's 21 or however old she is. It's like I know, that's like kind of a, a funny name to it's, say. Yeah, right? It's like when Dana Tarasi drops 25 and they're like vintage Tarasi, except she's like half her age and calling her vintage. <laughs> but it, it's also kind of true because Paige Becker's best year so far of college was her freshman year. And this game was looking like her national player of the year self. Uh, but her defense, I think... And I'm not just saying like, oh, she had three steals and four blocks in the box score. Like, that's lazy. But she uh, defensively right now is sort of the de facto power forward on this team. Um, just based on size and height with the starting lineup that they're going with now, uh, with Aubrey Griffin coming off the bench. Uh, you basically have Aaliyah Edwards and, and, and Paige Beckers is often has to guard the next biggest player in this starting lineup. Uh, and so she was guarding Alyssa Usby. I thought she did a great job. And, I, you know, she like she's the second tallest, but she's not. Her frame is not thick, obviously. So for her to be able to ask to and on offense, obviously very different role. But on, on defense right now, she she is kind of having to guard some bigger players. And uh, I think she's doing a great job. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway, honestly. I love that. Um, so yeah, those were the three matchups that happened on the weekend. They all played at Mohegan Sun Arena, which I also thought was really cool just to see college games happen in W arenas. That's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, those were our coasting through college game recaps. And now we're going to move on to exam season to wrap up and tell you which games to watch. So we've got three on the dock. If you're watching on YouTube, I do have TV for the last two, uh, but it took us a little bit of finding to find out where these matchups are being broadcasted, but I got you. Um, the first one is Creighton versus Marquette. That will be on Flow Hoops on December 13. Cal, grading these two teams so far, who or what has stood out to you? Because I feel like they haven't been talked about a lot, and they've been in the rankings consistently. 
Yeah, I got to see Marquette in person uh, the other day and still a little bit of pain because Illinois State had a shot to beat him and came up came up just short at the buzzer. But it's a good squad. It's a good squad. And this is going to be a fun matchup because uh, both of these teams, they're teams that can really shoot the ball from several different positions. Not going to overwhelm you physically, but they both move the ball really well. They find open people. Both of them are running a little bit more this year. Creighton isn't like an up-tempo team by any stretch, but a little bit less slow than they have been the last few years. And Marquette's definitely pushing the pace more. So uh, it's teams that match up really well, I think. And uh, it's just going to be a fun watch. So flow sports, you know, it is what it is. I know a lot of people don't get it, but if you can get it, go find it and tune in this one. Yeah, so there we have it. Creighton Marquette on Wednesday, December 13 on Flow Hoops. Um, the next matchup, Louisville versus UConn on December 16. It's going to be on Fox Sports. Or is it just Fox or Fox Sports? I think it was just Fox. This one's on Fox. This one's on Fox. Okay, it, this one's on Fox. Um, player matchup to watch for this one. Cal. I, I'm going to go back to what I've already been talking about. Paige Beckers, uh, I think she's going to be matched up with Nyla Harris, assuming they go with the same starting lineup. And Nyla Harris isn't necessarily like an elite scoring threat or anything. You know, she's not quite averaging double figures, but the majority of the production that she does give you offensively comes in the post, which I think is a little bit different than Alyssa Usby uh, for North Carolina. So if if we see that matchup, and who knows, maybe they change the starting lineup, or maybe they, uh, you know, bring in Aubrey Griffin early and kind of mix things up. But that's something that I'm going to be watching on that end of the floor to to watch Paige kind of hold her own down low. Okay, I love it. Um, you Louisville, UConn, Saturday, December 16 on Fox. Uh, I do want to last... actually before you move yeah. on though, I actually I actually should bring up another another thing I'm watching on the other side of this one. Is that is that Louisville? They're not going to light you up from three, but they really are good at getting you in foul trouble, getting into the paint, and and drawing fouls. And UConn is not a very deep team, obviously, even when they're healthy, but especially with injuries. So that's something that I'm watching for. If Louisville is going to win this game, I think they're going to have to get UConn into their bench a little bit. Make your free throws, kids. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Make your free throws. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the last one: UCLA versus Ohio State on Monday, December 18th, and that will be on Fox Sports 1. Um, I guess things to watch in this game, that Ohio State press versus UCLA, how will Ohio State defend Lauren Betts, and just kind of like UCLA having all these shooters as well, and like Charisma, Kiki, London Jones, who I thought did um, great in their last game as well too. Um, but yeah, what are you watching out for? Because I know I'm looking for that Ohio State defense. Yeah, so Ohio State has not been very good at defending down low really at all in the last couple of years in the, you know, what they do is they press you and they don't let you even get to that point of being able to feed the post because they turn you over. So if, if UCLA breaks the press, it's over. Uh, they have no chance in my opinion, Ohio state, because their Ohio state can't match up with UCLA, especially with Lauren Betts in the post. They're going to, the press is going to have to work. UCLA has faced one pretty heavy pressing team so far this year in Niagara. Obviously, Niagara is not Ohio State. It's a little bit different, but UCLA handled that one pretty easily. And so I I think uh, I'm going to have to see it from Ohio State right now. I would definitely lean that UCLA is going to be able to get through this press, be able to get Lauren Betts the ball on the back end of it and uh, they're going to have their way. Ohio State has been a little bit underwhelming this year, and this would be a great game for them to turn it around 
because uh, I think a lot of people had some really high expectations of them, including myself. I'm not sure they've lived up to those yet. They got a lot of time and it's got to start in this game. Yeah, that's all very true. Um, so yeah, those are our, our three games to watch Creighton, Marquette, Louisville, UConn, and UCLA, Ohio State. Um, and then the TV is Flow Hoops, Fox, and Fox Sports One. Um, you're welcome. But <laughs> those are all the games that we want to talk about today, as well as the WNBA draft lottery. Super exciting stuff as we're heading into the end of 2023. Um, we might have a very special episode next week tbd we will let you guys know just to give a little bit of a tease to look forward to coast to coast next wednesday make sure you're tapped into her hoop stats throughout the week as we continue to cover the college season you can follow us on socials at her hoop stats uh, make sure to also subscribe wherever you get your podcast subscribe on youtube as well too because i feel like you get even more out of the pods when you watch us on youtube um it's just a really fun yeah. time we like to talk with our hands and put stuff on the screen so yeah that's a great watch. description i'm gonna put that um on socials we like to talk with our hands and put stuff on the screen <laughs> um that's us at her hoop stats but i've been Karina mustafa you can find me at Karina mm you can find calvin at cwetzel31 and we will go coast to coast with you next wednesday